Lord. I'm glad I'm free. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter number 10. We're going to read several verses here, and then uh, we'll shoot over to Acts chapter 2 and read one verse there. Uh, but it's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Why don't you stand with me as we read uh, this, these verses here this morning. Acts chapter 10, uh, beginning in verse number 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou ought to do. Go to verse number 23. Then called he them in and lodged them, and on the morrow Peter went away with them, and certain brother from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up. I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. Praise the Lord. So later on, uh, just right after that, Peter begins to talk to Cornelius and all his house about Jesus and all of that. Um, and then uh, he, as he's preaching the message of the gospel to the house of Cornelius, uh, look at verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Praise the Lord. They spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Praise God. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2, verse number 39 says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm going to preach to us today about the Holy Ghost in your home, the Holy Ghost in your home. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word is powerful. It's a living word. And we pray this morning that you would just speak to every heart, every life, every parent, every child, every, every person in this house this morning. God, have your way. We love you. We desire your presence. In your name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You guys can be seated. Thank you for standing this morning. Praise the Lord. Within the progression of our culture, there are always items that are created and become iconic in their season. They can be described as must-haves or things that you cannot live without. A few, actually probably 25 years ago or so, uh, there was a toy that, that took the world by storm. Some of you will remember the toy, Tickle Me Elmo. Anybody remember that toy? Everybody had to have a Tickle Me Elmo. Uh, for a while, it was something like a, a maybe a home a home good, like the Kirby vacuum. Everybody wanted to have a Kirby vacuum cleaner. Or or when a new riding lawnmower comes out, everybody wants to buy the newest riding lawnmower. Your neighbor's got this one, so you got to get 
that one bigger and better. When I was a, a kid in the 90s, there were these, th- these things called gigapets. Did anybody own a gigapet? Am I the only one? Man. A Tamagotchi, one of those things. They were these little keychain, handheld, almost like a video game device, and you had to feed whatever animal you had. You could have a turtle or a dog, a cat, whatever it was. I mean, I got so into it. uh, Our school banned them. You couldn't bring them because kids were getting distracted. So I convinced my dad, you know, my dad, this big guy, uh, old Marine, city, city worker, you know, he, I was like, Dad, you need to, you need to, take care of my pet for me. So there's my dad every day working uh, on that little bitty, uh, feeding that dog until one day, one day he fed it enough where the dog just grew up and ran away from home. And that was the end of my uh, giga pet experience. Um, But everybody, uh, there are fads and fades that come and things that, that we want to have. You know, right now, a lot of people always want the newest iPhone. You know, uh, iPhone uh, 11 comes out. Everybody's got to go get that. Teenagers ask their parents, hey, I want the newest iPhone. You, well, I got you one last year. Yeah, but this is the newest one. Uh, I need to have the newest and the best. And, and these things are are marketed in such a way that, that they make you feel, if you don't have it, you're not going to be able to survive. If you don't have it, you won't be able to to face your friends. If you don't have it, you won't be able to face the next day. But I don't know if you've noticed, but all of those things fade away and become obsolete. And the price that goes up goes down and all of that stuff. Right now, everybody wants to own toilet paper for some reason, you know. But it's going to fade. It's going to end. And and those things don't survive the context of our culture because our culture changes. But in our homes, listen, there's something that we need, a power that will never go out of style, a power that will never become obsolete, that, that has always stood the test of time. Praise the Lord. We need the power of the Holy Ghost at work, in our home. Listen, there's nothing wrong with having things. There's nothing wrong with having an iPhone 11 unless you're uh, an Android user. Then you can find a 100 reasons why you shouldn't have an iPhone 11. There's nothing wrong with owning an iPad and, and being uh, in style with your clothes. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but uh, those things aren't what sustains us. In times of fear and panic like we're uh, experiencing right now, we need the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We need a Pentecostal experience in our homes. If you read in Acts chapter 1, the disciples right before Jesus goes up into heaven, they're so interested in finding answers, Brother Gaither, for the for then and that for then. You know, they they wanted to know, Jesus, when will you come back to restore power? When will we find a, a deliverance from Rome? I want answers. I want answers. And what did Jesus say to them? He said, "It's not for you to know, but I'll tell you what you really need." You need the Holy Ghost, amen. You need the Holy Ghost, praise the Lord. Uh, there, there are some things that kids get dramatic about. How many of you have kids? And you know they have drama, right? Uh, you know, Dad, I need this or I'm going to die. I have to have, uh, one of my cousins, he was driving on a trip, and his daughter, she kept whining and whining and whining, and finally he had enough. Then she, she said, if I don't get a drink, I'm so thirsty, I'm going to die. And he just told her, go ahead and die, you know. And he felt bad, and she cried, and they mended, and it was fine. Oh, but I believe our Heavenly Father is looking for some people 
who will open up their hearts and just with that, that intense desire say, Lord, if I don't have a move of the Holy Ghost, if I don't have revival, if I don't feel your presence, if, I don't, if the Holy Ghost doesn't move in my home, in my family, Lord, I don't know how we're going to survive. And listen, when we open up our arms and, and our hearts to the Lord in that way, he's promised to respond in favor. Praise the Lord. He's promised to respond in pouring out of his spirit upon all flesh, as he said in Joel chapter 2 and Peter reiterated in Acts chapter 2. Praise God. How many of you want the Holy Ghost to move in your home? I want him to move in my home. Let's look at Cornelius a little bit this morning, and then uh, we'll talk some more about the impact of the Holy Ghost. But I want you to notice three things here about the faith of Cornelius that led to the Holy Ghost being, uh, being poured out into his home and his family. His faith was a dedicated faith. All right, he had a dedicated faith. Cornelius was a man who didn't know a lot about God. He didn't know a lot about the Lord, but he knew enough to know he should have faith in the God of the people of Israel. And so he took his walk with the Lord very, very seriously. Uh, listen, the things that we do know about this man is he was a Gentile, probably a Roman man. He was a centurion, the head of a group of about 100 soldiers. Uh, he was part of the Italian band, but as far as his spiritual walk, we know he was a very devout man. He, that word is what is used to describe Simeon. You remember the story of Simeon when Jesus was just born and, and his mother and father, Mary and Joseph, took him to the temple. And Simeon, who had been there for years waiting on the promise of the Messiah, something about Simeon, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. But he was waiting on the promised Messiah. He was devout. That word devout means reverent or worshipful, godly, somebody who takes their walk with the Lord very seriously and will not be deterred. He had a dedicated, Cornelius was a very dedicated, faithful man. He feared the Lord. That fear means he was in awe of God. Everything that he knew of God caused a, 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 an awe-inspiring experience. He was amazed by God. Praise the Lord. He'd taken notice of the power of God, and he, he wanted to be involved in that. He wanted his lifestyle to line up with that. I read an interesting scripture this morning in the book of Proverbs about the fear of the Lord. It says, the fear of the Lord tendeth to life. Amen. It's all right to have that fear, that reverence of God. You find life in fearing the Lord. Salvation, freedom is found when we, when we have a respect and a reverence of our God. And then it said this in Proverbs 19, that if you have the fear of the Lord, you will abide satisfied. Amen. So there's Cornelius. He fears God. But there's something deeper calling him to a deeper experience. And that fear of the Lord, that faith, would eventually lead to satisfaction. Praise God. He was very devoted to God, even though he didn't didn't really understand everything about the Lord. I want you to get this this morning. Uh, Cornelius had tasted and seen uh, enough to know that God was good, uh, and he didn't allow what he didn't understand about God uh, to keep him from being faithful. Amen. To keep him from allowing God uh, to do things in his life. Amen. Uh, listen, there are things I do not understand about the Lord. Every day as I read his word, I find more and more things about 
about him. But I don't allow those things that I do not understand to keep me from having faith in him. Praise God. Listen, I'm a husband. Amen. I have a wife. I love my wife. And there are a lot of things that I don't understand. Amen. About my wife. She's not here, so I can say that, right? Praise the Lord. Uh, there are a lot of things we men, we don't understand how women work. The other day somebody said something. I don't understand why my daughter acts this way. And I said one word, girl. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. But I don't allow those things that I don't understand uh, to keep me from loving and, and having a good relationship. Uh, and I'm sure that, that, the, that if the shoe on the other feet means the same thing. There's things about me she don't understand, uh, but she still loves me. Anyway, listen, there are so many things, and I, I can't answer about why God allows this to happen and why we go through this valley, but I cannot allow what I don't understand to keep me from having uh, what he wants me to have, amen, uh, to keep me from having faith uh, in who he is. Praise the Lord. Uh, so there's Cornelius. He's a Gentile. He's a man who's probably barred from going to the synagogues. He, he's probably been hearing the, the, the whispers that, hey, he shouldn't be praying and giving like he is. He, he's a Gentile. He doesn't belong uh, in the household uh, of faith. But, oh, Cornelius pushed those things aside uh, and said, I know what I feel in my heart. Amen. And I've got to continue to walk with God on a daily basis. Praise God. So Cornelius was a man who fasted and he prayed. He had a dedicated faith and God took notice of that. God took notice of that. You know, it's amazing how when crises arrive in our world, God always finds a man. Amen. He always finds somebody who's faithful that he can work through. In our cultural climate, listen, right now we're dealing with uh, this, this coronavirus, and I know we've survived a lot of, uh, a lot of different things that have, have taken place in our nation, and so we look at this situation and, and, we, and we, uh, we say, oh, it's just another one, but, but I don't know if in my lifetime I've ever seen one of these types of uh, situations that have so much uh, panic and hysteria involved. Maybe you have. Maybe some of you were around when, when uh, things were looking pretty bleak in the 50s and 60s and, and 70s. But listen, there's a lot of people that are seem to be losing their minds following the voice of the media and following the, the chaos and just kind of, they may not even know why they're running to the store and buying 500 gallons of milk. I don't know. But what we need in this moment is some people that will just stand up and say, I just want to get filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. I, I'm going to be faithful to the Lord. That God can look down at and, and say, listen, everybody else is going crazy. But I'm going to work through you in this moment, in this hour. And listen, the Roman Empire in Cornelius' day, it would last for about another 300 years. But there were things that were in an uproar even in his day. There was unrest within the smaller branches of government. There was corruption in the empire and in the Senate. There was chaos and evil abounding all around. But right there in the middle of all of that stuff 
with little to no upbringing in the proper truth and values of the Lord. There was a man uh, named Cornelius who still trusted uh, in God and had a dedicated faith. Uh, and the Lord looked down and saw that and said, hey, I can do something uh, with somebody like that. Praise the Lord. Uh, another thing about his faith, uh, it was an intentional faith. Praise God. Uh, he had an intentional faith. I want you to notice uh, what Cornelius did uh, while he went and he and he sent his men to go find Peter. He didn't just wait for Peter to come. Cornelius went and he gathered all of his neighbors and all of his friends. He got his whole family together. He, he went ahead and he gathered his servants and he told them, come into the house. There's a man that's coming. He's going to deliver a message from the Lord. It was intentional, praise God. He was intentional about what he was doing. I want my kids to get filled with the Spirit. How about you? I want my family to understand the value of Pentecostal power. I want them all to know uh, why they need that. But I don't want it to just happen uh, because they see their friends getting filled. I don't want you to misunderstand me. Listen, I know the value of having an impact uh, within the youth group. Uh, I don't want uh, to bank on their Pentecostal experiencing uh, experience happening only at youth camp uh, or during revival. I want them to see Pentecost uh, in me, praise God. I want them to see Pentecost in my wife, in our home, in our family. I can't rely on Sunday school to teach them everything. I can't rely on them just to come in to a service just by happenstance. When the Lord begins to blow, I want them to see that there's a man and a woman in their life who's been in contact with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want the kids, you know, working with the kids here at the school. It's been a great blessing just three weeks in, but I want every single one of them to look at me and say, we've got a principal who's full of the power of the Lord who's been involved with the Holy Ghost. we got to be intentional about our faith. Amen. It's good. It's good to have a pastor and Sunday school teachers and teachers and lay preachers uh, who are full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, but your family needs to see it from you. Amen. Uh, your kids, uh, your moms and dads, those of you who have parents who aren't saved, those of you who have siblings uh, who don't know the Lord, they need to see the power of God uh, at work in your life and the Holy Ghost moving uh, in your life. You want the Holy Ghost to move in your home. Uh, let it start with you uh, and be intentional about it. Praise God. Listen, Cornelius was not yet filled with the Holy Ghost at the beginning of this chapter, but his intentional lifestyle led to the Spirit being able to move into his home, move around his home, move among his family, and move through his home. Listen, because of that one man, the whole Gentile world it was able to experience and see the experience of the Pentecostal power that the Jews had experienced in the upper room. Oh, praise God. I believe here in our day and uh, this hour, God wants to do the same thing. Amen. Uh, he wants to pour it out uh, when we got to be intentional about it. Amen. The final point here this morning is this. He had an impactful faith. 
His faith made an impact. And the Holy Ghost made an impact on his entire home. Praise the Lord. Listen, uh, his household included his spouse, his children, his servants, his maids. Uh, and all of them were influenced by the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, praise God. Listen, uh, uh, you, you want the Holy Ghost to move in your young people. You want the Holy Ghost to move in your life. I know we all do. Then we need as individuals. Get full of the Spirit. Hey, I, I, when I worked at Chick-fil-A a long time ago, I, w- I noticed, I took note of, of the different groups of leadership and how the different crews would act and react. You know, I worked, I was pretty fluid in what I was able to do. So I'd work in the morning crew, I would work in the afternoon crew, and I would work with the night crew. And our morning crew, man, we were top-notch. You wouldn't find, you probably still couldn't find a better crew of people who knew how to get the job done, work together, I mean, and and just run a pretty tight ship. And it was awesome. You know why? Because we had people who had experience that were teaching us and leading us. And they were uh, there were some older managers who were in charge of that that crew in the middle of the day or in the morning who wouldn't take anything. You know, if, they, if you showed disrespect, they'd put you in your place real quick. And so we knew our jobs, and, and, they, and they wanted it to be done well. But in the night crew, our, our managers were a lot younger and college kids, and they were more laid back. And so our night crew would be more apt to play around and joke around and goof off and do things a little slower and a lot of times get complained about. You know why? Because the difference of the impact. I've noticed it in youth groups when 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 you get somebody in who's pretty worldly and they're they're a leader. You know, they they're a leader. Everybody gravitates to them. A lot of times the youth group begins to take on that image. And their conversation goes that direction, you know. But then if you if you just happen to find one or two young people who get on fire for God, it changes the culture, amen, so dramatically. And all of a sudden, that one who's got a voice for the world is kind of hushed up because, because the Holy Ghost is beginning to move through and around every single one, the impact that is made, praise God. Listen, we got to take up the responsibility that is before us, just like Cornelius did. He knew he had a responsibility to lead his home, amen, to lead his family, to lead those around him into a deeper relationship that God was drawing them into, And so the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, go get a man. And he obeyed and found Peter, praise the Lord. And Peter came with the message of the gospel. And right there, while they were just hearing the simple message of Jesus who was crucified, died, and rose again, the spirit and the power of Holy Ghost, amen, began to fall on them. And all the Jews who saw it, they, they took notice and said, man, we thought this power was only for us. We thought it was for us to use and to go and evangelize the world. But now we see the Holy Ghost. It's for all people. Amen. It's for all people. But not only is it for all people, it's for all times. Amen. In all eras and every year. Amen. And every tongue, tribe, and nation can enjoy and experience the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That Jesus breathed on the, on the disciples, and he said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And listen, that, that happened in the Gospels before he ascended. 
He gave them a taste, Brother George, of, of what they were going to experience. Every Christian, listen to me, every Christian experiences the Holy Ghost to some extent. When you get saved, the power of God is available to help you overcome temptation and to live a life that follows His Word. And, and the Holy Ghost can work in you right then and there. But there is a deeper walk. Amen. There is a deeper experience that comes later on after you get saved. It's when you get involved in His, get under His anointing. Amen. And all of a sudden, he be, the, the, that unknown tongue begins to come out of your mouth, hallelujah, and, and, and things begin to open up. I mean, you begin to maybe have dreams or visions or be used in the gifts of the Spirit uh, or get a greater burden and fire to see people saved. Uh, what am I trying to tell you this morning? If you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, uh, you need to seek after that. Uh, why? Because that's what God wants to do uh, in your life. There's a deeper walk with him. Uh, all the disciples, they said, hey, Jesus, when are you going to come and bring power? And he said, listen, uh, that power that you speak of, uh, it's a worldly power. It's an authority power. But there's a dynamic power that I want to pour into your life uh, that you've not experienced yet. Uh, if you go to that upper room uh, and you'll wait and tarry, uh, I'm going to show you a power that can fall in your life. Uh, and what, what did they do? They went up there uh, and they sought God. And they prayed and they stayed, amen. And all of a sudden, the wind began to blow. Oh, praise the Lord. You ever been in a service where the wind began to blow? Uh, we were in a youth camp service a few years ago. It was like all of a sudden a wave hit that place uh, and, and during the worship and every single person lifted up their voice and began to praise and worship. Some were speaking in tongues uh, and what happened? The Lord began to pour his spirit out. Amen. Uh, it seemed like it was just like an Acts uh, chapter 2. Uh, but let me tell you the power that God wants to put in your life from heaven's perspective. Uh, Jesus told us in Mark chapter 16 uh, that this is the kind of power that will come with the Holy Ghost. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Listen, that's the impact of the Holy Ghost in our lives, in our generation, and in our homes. And that's the impact that we need in this hour. In this moment, in our culture, we need the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, to have an impact in our families, in our homes, in our lives. Hallelujah. And I heard a story. Some of you probably heard this story. I believe this, uh, the couple's names was brother and sister Lawson. They, they preached around. They were from Oklahoma, and uh, they were an elderly, elderly couple. Uh, one night they were at home abed, in bed asleep. And all of a sudden, uh, in the middle of the night, uh, Sister Lawson sat up and, and she started just screaming out in tongues. I mean, she just started screaming in tongues. She was asleep, but she was speaking in tongues. She came to, woke up. She woke up her husband, and, and they were like, man, that's kind of strange that that would happen. But they were saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, so they, they knew God would do things like that sometimes. So they just laid back down and went back to sleep. And, and, and the next morning, they woke up. They went downstairs, and, and they, to, their, uh, to their amazement, their kitchen window was open. And, and they saw muddy footprints on the floor. And unbeknown to them, a prisoner had escaped from a local penitentiary. And he had actually broken into their home. 
and and he said the cops had apprehended him. They got him back into custody and all that stuff. And he admitted that he broke into their home. He was gonna he was gonna murder both of them. But he said that foreign lady sat up and started screaming at me, and a fear fell on me, so I had to run. Listen, that's the impact of the Holy Ghost in your home. Amen. That's the impact of the Holy Ghost in your home. Listen, when the Holy Ghost is at work in your life, peace replaces panic. Comfort replaces chaos and confusion. And power overcomes pressure. How is that possible? Because there's a power working inside of you. There's a fire that's burning inside of you that's unable to be inhibited by our culture and influenced by the world around you. That's why in this hour, we got to get full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Listen, the Holy Ghost does not eliminate emotional responses to situations. There will be times when you cry about a diagnosis. There will be times when you get afraid and experience fear. There are times when things might make you angry and your temper tries to flare up. But I know this, when those times come, the Holy Ghost will bring a supernatural faith a supernatural joy, a supernatural peace, and a supernatural control that rises up. That's the impact of the Holy Ghost in your home. And I want that in my home. How about you? I want you to stand with me this morning. Brother George, why don't you please come to the piano. Listen, we, we talk about having a season of revival. We want revival. We want it. To, I, I mean, I want, I want to see people with their arms stretched up and tears uh, flowing down their faces because God is moving in their hearts and lives. I want to see people come in and get saved in our community, be influenced for the kingdom of God. And we know that that can happen, but it's got to start with you. It's got to start with me. It's got to start with us as individuals just lifting up our hearts to God. Lord, fill me. Hallelujah. How was Cornelius able to make such an impact and have the Holy Ghost move? He had a dedicated faith. He had an intentional faith. And that faith made an impact. Oh, but there's a promise, hallelujah, that extends beyond me. Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful. The Lord really, he'd just been speaking to my heart for a couple years about that promise that Peter rose up and said, that that promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So what we see here happening in our day and in, that, in this time is that promise is being fulfilled. Amen. Oh, through generation to generation to generation, that promise is being fulfilled. I don't want to let it stop with my generation. How about you? I don't want to let that promise stop with me. So I got to be intentional. Hallelujah. Oh, and let the Lord speak through me. Hallelujah. Praise God. And it can happen today because that's what God, that's what God wants to do. That's what God wants to do. He does. Hallelujah. That's what the Lord wants to do, Brother Matt. He wants to, he wants to pour His Spirit out. He wants to pour His power out. Not just on our older kids, but on our younger kids. He wants to pour His Spirit out, not just on our younger people, but on our elders as well. He wants to pour His Spirit out. He desires to pour His Spirit out. 
He desires to have our old men dream dreams and our young men see visions. But he's waiting on a people who desire him to do that in their lives. If you have that desire, I want you just to come and flood this altar right now. Just begin to seek that move of God in your heart and life today. Why not everyone that will, everyone that has that desire. I know some of you are already filled with the Holy Ghost. But I'm talking about that supernatural overflow.